Welcome to my podcast and I'm going to do part two of dealing with a difficult teenager and these are the teenagers that it's not the usual, um, they're not doing their chores or listening, have messy rooms, etc, etc. These are the teenagers that are now overstep the lines and are causing a lot of chaos and um, destruction in your family and this is something that you have to solve because otherwise it's going to ruin the other siblings it's going to ruin your relationship and your marriage um or it's going to just ruin you as a mom or dad and so i want to deal with this because i recently had a client who came to me about this issue and i coached her on it and i wanted to share the tips with you so if you haven't listened to part one i would recommend that you do because it has Um, some of the information that is really important that I discussed and in part two I'm going to carry on with some of the things that she mentioned and some of the tips that I gave her. So just to read some of the words that the mom said was you know she said I just right now I'm not in a good parenting position I feel hopeless and controlless I feel it's an army against me some days and my way of coping is to give in a bit. Then when I decide to give in, I get very angry and sad with myself. I I beat myself up mentally and I can't believe I'm in this situation. I would never have imagined this. So as you can see, and I haven't even read everything. I've just read some of that and I wanted to stop here and discuss this a bit. So some of the things I said to this mom was don't blame yourself. If you felt that you parent the right way then stop blaming yourself because that is that guilt the guilt and and i discussed in one of my other podcasts how resentment can eat you up but guilt is another thing that eats you up guilt um it's resentment guilt and self-doubt and those things have been something that ate me up and that's why i can honestly say it can ruin you it can ruin you as a human being you cannot allow that to overtake your life it makes you uh in a constant state of confusion it makes you never never move ahead and you will not be able to achieve your goals if you have that eating at you all day long so one of the first things is to stop beating yourself up and i think as mothers we do this a lot more than dads i'm not saying dads don't do it but definitely women tend to have a lot more guilt and what we do is we think that when our kids are going astray when especially our teenagers especially if you had this teenager was a child that was just really a good kid and he or she was you know just generally um cute and nice and then suddenly turns into this teenager that is off the rails and you think i did everything for this child i gave this child a well-rounded life and education and and took them to islamic events and tried to give them don't beat yourself up if you really really feel that you have done a lot for this child then you have to understand that there's more to it you have to look at the situation how's the relationship with the father is the father doing 
what you were doing. Is this child from a broken home? Is this child living with a dad that is very abusive to the children? And this could be verbally. Verbally is very bad. Verbal abuse to children is something that is very neglected in society. We only focus if it's a physical abuse, but verbal abuse is, is mentally, um, it messes you up. And I do think from just my experience of having three brothers and you know having a husband and having three sons i do notice that that boys tend to take that mental abuse as children even worse i feel like women alhamdulillah again just my opinion not saying this is fact not saying this is a stat from my opinion again having a sister and nieces and having three daughters and then of course myself i feel like women also get affected but we tend to bounce back better whereas males tend to take this into their lives and as adults and it takes a lot for them to sort of get over it so i do feel that that that's why you know if you look back they always look at the psychopaths and the serial killers they look at their childhood because if they had disturbed childhood that you know that is a lot to do with it and so it's there's definitely fact to what i'm saying but i'm not saying it's fact so it, it's very important i feel especially when you're dealing with this this uh client had a teenage son problem and i just felt that when when we looked at the whole situation and we looked at the situation as a household she might have been doing what she needed to do as a mom but her husband wasn't on board he wasn't um, doing the same thing he was very insulting very critical to the children and that as in itself has very very uh, harsh effects on children and especially boys they really look up to their dads um, because that's you know sons want to be like their dads i mean their dads are uh, criticizing it it really cuts deep and so in one sense you you know you can still raise a healthy child if you are a mom that's you know well-rounded but it's very hard in that situation you know if the dad is um just stepping out of line and that's why um that's a very difficult situation it's something that you can't you have to get help for you have to go to uh hopefully a spiritual leader in your community a very um a knowledgeable imam or shah and if that doesn't help then you have to get therapy and you have to go for counseling whether you go first because maybe you can get your son to go or your husband to go but you as a, a mother would need to go so that you learn how to cope and it just takes one person to make changes one person to change a vicious cycle so um definitely in extreme situations where other people are causing um a dysfunction it could be another sibling it could be a, a husband it could be the mother as well you need to get therapy for that and get your family into um, some form of um, to get back on track in, in a sense and you know it, it depends really where you live you know some people have these amazing spiritual leaders where they are but some don't and then you have to turn to a therapist or a counselor and you know what be careful with that because you get good, one, good ones and you get bad ones and it the bad ones can really mess you up even more. So I'd say that's really when you're dealing with extreme situations and your teen is totally off the rails and there's more to it. And this is what was happening in this uh, client situation. I just felt that this was something that needed to go to therapy. But at the same time, I was coaching her on how she could um, not drown in this. And one of the things I said to her was, you need to not take things personal. You need to distance yourself. And 
in my first podcast, I discussed more on not taking things personal with your teenager. But this, this, in the second part, I want to discuss about distancing yourself from the people you love. Sometimes we need to move away. We need to say, you are not healthy for me right now. And that's okay. And I don't know why we are not taught these things as children. That it doesn't mean when you love someone, they say love some, someone with what's and all. And I don't really believe that because I believe that when you love, you should love unconditionally because that is more you love somebody not for what they do for you, but because you just love who they are. That's what that means. But when they say love somebody with what's and all, that means almost that you should love somebody even when they're abusing you. And yes, our kids can abuse us too. We, when, Whenever somebody is making us feel sad, hurt, in pain, that means that you are being abused. And there are levels of abuse. So, you know, I'm not saying that that's, you know, the extreme. But there's levels of abuse. But abuse is abuse. If you are feeling that your child, your son or your daughter, your teenager is making you feel stressed out, anxious, um, sad, you, you're crying, you are, you know, feeling like the world is caving in on you, you are being abused by your teenager. And that that's just how I see it. And I just call a spade a spade. And so in that sense, I will actually tell my children, you need to stop abusing me. And I remember the first time I said that to my children, this was something, I think it was the first time they started raising their voices to me, yelling, I mean, thank Allah, they don't swear at me, but I've heard some parents going through that and they parents that have raised the kids really well. So again, you cannot judge anyone. Um, my kids, you know, would maybe say some, you know, bad words, which aren't swearing, but definitely not nice. And they would raise their voice to me. And, and my son actually is actually quite tall right now. And he would tower over me, almost trying to intimidate me. And I called them out on it and I said, you know what, you taller and stronger than, than me right now, definitely louder, but right now you're abusing me and you need to stop. And I remember my kids laughing. I even remember, um, like they looked at me like, oh gosh, I'm being dramatic and I'm not even a dramatic person, but I called it out and I said, you're abusing me. And they, they thought that was ridiculous because to them abuse is like, you know, just something that's really, really bad. And it's something that bad people do. And but I said to them, I said, you're making me sad. And, and at that time, I did cry. And I said, you're making me sad. And you, you really are hurting me terribly. And you are disrespecting me in the worst way as your mother. And I said, you need to stop abusing me. And I would say it. Um, and it was like they couldn't accept it, but it was good because it was an eye opener for them to see that abuse comes in many forms. Abuse is not that bad um, person who's, you know, doing major things. Abuse is anytime you're making another person feel bad or you, you intimidating or you're making that other person hurt or uh, cry. So I think in that sense, it's good to, to make our kids aware of this and to use strong words sometimes because now you're dealing with teenagers. I feel like those, you know, those, oh, honey, you know, long explanations, they don't really work at times. Yes, you need to communicate with your teenager. You always need to have an open door policy, 
But there are times when they are off the rails and you need to call them out on it because at the end of the day, you can't just be a soft, uh, mush uh, parent. Um, when I say suburb also, and that I explained a lot in part one, suburb does not mean being a pushover. Please don't um, confuse it because I used to think that I was having suburb, but in actual fact, you being a pushover. Having suburb is is when you are in a situation that you've done everything you can and there's nothing more you can do. You've turned to a law, you've, you've checked everything that you needed to do and you're still dealing with the situation and you seek, you seek whatever help you could, but you were unable to resolve it. Then you know it's maybe something you need to go through. It's a test. It's a wake, wake up call. You need to have suburb with this. That's suburb. It is not that, okay, my child is talking bad to me and I'm just going to take it and it's, you know he'll stop eventually, he's going to grow older and I'm just going to have suburb. No, that's called I'm being abused and I'm allowing it. So in that sense, you have to call them out. You have to say, this is not acceptable. I, you are hurting me. Focus a lot on yourself and say, you are hurting me. You are abusing me. This is not okay. This is not acceptable. I will never accept this. You know, you these strong statements because that is what's going to stick in the head some more and it might not make them stop because i have said this to my kids when they were doing it and it didn't make them stop it made them pause at the beginning when i didn't when the first few times i said it because they i told you they were in shock but it didn't make them as i said it more and more and when they did it it's sort of like they got used to it and some of them started even using it oh you're abusing me to each other and my husband was well see what you started but I said, well, wrong is wrong. If you are uh, you know, causing somebody pain, then it is a form of abuse. So yeah, you know, you're definitely going to have those kind of situations. So I, in this podcast, I want to focus on you putting the focus on yourself as a parent that's having this difficulty and saying, talking about yourself to your child. Because what we tend to do a lot is we focus on the you. You are are doing this and you are disobeying me and you are being uh, mean and you are being cruel and you know the you 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 and what that does is when you f- use the you a lot you make the other person feel defensive you don't make the other person want to change you we think it's effective but it's not think about it if someone's constantly saying wow you are really rude you, the first thing is you don't think oh my god i'm rude i need to <laughs> change and be better man you think who are you to tell me I'm rude? What about you? Like you start getting defensive and that's yeah, hopefully, <laughs> you know, when we smart and we at this point where we know better, we don't take it like that. But most people do become defensive. So what you're doing in your teen, you're dealing with this immature adult with a undeveloped prefrontal cortex, which you can find more in another podcast. They're going to be defensive unless they're really, really awesomely wise at that age. But then you wouldn't be dealing with the problem, right? So you don't say you. Try and put the focus on yourself because that child is actually going to feel less defensive and they're going to feel less attacked. And that's why they're defensive is because they're feeling attacked. When you say you, and this could be as well to your husband, I notice if I say you to my husband, like you not doing this or you didn't do this and I asked you, he will be so much more defensive than I said, I really needed, you know, I really needed you to do this. It would have helped me make my life easier. That is, it's like you're putting the focus on you instead of on them. So with your teenager, try and not use the you a lot and go to them. And of course, again, not talking to them at times when they have lost it. Because think of it, when you're in a state of anger, 
if it is as if you are on a drug anger can make you do crazy things people have killed others in anger anger is a state like you you out of yourself you're out of your mind in a sense and when you start looking at that and you see your teenager being angry understand that that's not the time you want to talk let your teenager even if they need to get what they need off let them finish and then you go talk and then you do the i i will not accept how you spoke to me i will not accept you raising your voice i will not it's just i felt pain i felt disrespected and then you give the solution i felt like this so you cannot do this and then you can say the you but once you first explain how you felt and a lot of parents do not talk about the emotions with their teenagers they feel they constantly need to be strong and show this harsh not this harsh but almost like this perfection why do we have to be perfect parents i mean our kids rather would like us to be real parents they don't want perfect parents they want real parents they want us to acknowledge our feelings and to say that we mess up too and that's what our kids will relate to much more than if we this perfect parents with this perfect life and thinking we are raising our kids the perfect way they want us to be real they want us to talk about the times we messed up they want us to talk to them on an adult level not as a child they're not a child anymore look at them my my i have a 15 year old son and a 16 year old son and they both are taller than me they both are stronger than me they're louder than me and they have so many things you have to look at them as adults now they are responsible for their sins already they are accountable for what they do allah has determined that already so who am i to treat them like a child so i'm going to end off here because again this I want to make this podcast about dealing with difficult teenagers, um, focusing on a few things that I said so that it can be absorbed because I know too much information for me causes me overwhelm. And then what happens is I don't really make those changes. So I, I'm already two minutes over. I try to keep them at 15 minutes, but I've already gone over. So I will, I will continue with this topic of dealing with difficult or disobedient teens in part three and i hope you enjoyed this and i hope you learned because this is a very tough situation so happy parenting and i'll catch you later assalamu alaikum